0: Question. If I were to ask you right this second to write down all of the subscriptions you pay for each month, would you be able to do it without missing one? It's more difficult than it sounds, especially with so many options and those sneaky free trials that you sometimes forget to cancel. What if I told you I had the perfect solution to help you with this exact problem? Why don't you try Rocket Money? With the help of Rocket Money, I was able to see each and every single subscription I pay for, even the ones I totally forgot I had. I'm sure you've been there too, but Rocket Money Money can help cancel it with just a few taps. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting and kids subscriptions, it's hard to keep track of exactly what you're spending and how much it all adds up to each month. Not to mention the fact that it seems every single day one of those subscriptions suddenly jumps up in price. Rocket Money alerts you when this happens, so you're never caught unawares. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you. Lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Take control over your finances and with the help of Rocket Money's easy to use dashboard, compare your monthly spending and make saving money easier than ever. They'll also try to negotiate lowering your bills up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of 500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to 700. $140 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com/slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com/slash morning cup. Have you ever come home from a long day just to find out that that meat you needed for your recipe has totally slipped your mind the last time you went to the grocery store? Well, with the help of ButcherBox, you might never have to deal with that problem ever again. With ButcherBox, you get the convenience of having high quality meat and seafood delivered straight to your door. Not to mention the peace of mind you get to feel knowing that it's 100% grass fed, free range and crate free, all humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. Let ButcherBox help make your life even easier no grocery store required. In addition to free shipping on every order, you get to curate your box plans, have access to member exclusive deals, get recipe ideas and inspiration, as well as helpful tips. You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com Morning morningcup and use the code morningcup at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, Top sirloins or salmon in every box for an entire year. Plus, get $20 off. Again, that's ButcherBox.com slash Morning Cup and use the code Morning Cup.
1: There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning Cup. of murder...
0: We hear stories time and time again about men and women who spend their lives in and out of prison, unable to rehabilitate back into society. Who is to blame remains a topic of heavy debate. On December 19, 1974, a man was born who had spent his life in and out of prison with 14 years spent behind bars for murder. When he was released, everyone hoped for a clean slate. Seven months later, he would prove them wrong in the most gruesome way possible. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Jesse L. Dotson, born December 19, 1974, grew up in a volatile home where he, at just 15 years old, was charged with disorderly conduct after threatening his mother during one of her attempts to discipline her son. A month later, he was charged with assault after punching a 13-year-old in the face and threatening to, quote, put him in the hospital if he did not bring him $25 a day. A year later, he came home threatening to fight his own brother and after his mother locked him in his room so she could calm him down, Jesse punched the wall several times, broke down the door, and pressed his finger directly into his mother's face, threatening to kill her. He was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct. He was arrested again just six days before his 17th birthday for driving with not one, but two guns in his vehicle. And in 1992, he threw two beer bottles into a neighbor's apartment during a fight and earned himself another disorderly conduct charge. Things began escalating. And in January of 1994, when Jesse was just 19 years old, he sold a man's soap shavings instead of drugs. The pair got into an altercation and Jesse killed the man. Four months later, he was arrested for the murder of Holly Cox and, after pleading guilty to second-degree murder, spent the next 14 years behind bars, off the streets and out of trouble for the first time since he was just a kid. After serving time and getting his life back on track, Jesse Dotson was released on August 27, 2007, and by January 26, 2008, his parole expired and he was a free man. It was around this time that Jesse rekindled his relationship with his brother and, on January 29th, went to play some cards with Cecil and some buddies at Cecil's apartment in Binghamton, Memphis, Tennessee. Jesse, who had only been a free man for a few days, finished the card game, put on Cecil's jacket, and began walking out of the house. Cecil, wanting his jacket back, tried to stop the brother whom he had just reconciled with and Jesse answered by pulling out a semi-automatic pistol and demanding Cecil try and take the coat from him. Cecil followed his brother out onto the street, but after losing sight of him, called the police to report that he had been robbed and threatened by his own brother. The incident, for whatever reason, did not result in any arrests or charges. A few months and another argument later, Cecil would wish he never let his brother back into his life. On March 1, 2008, Jesse Dotson went to his brother's home to watch the University of Memphis game with his father, five nephews, Cecil's fiancé, Marissa Williams, and half-brother, William Waddell. Unfortunately, Cecil's TV wasn't picking up the game so clearly, so Jesse Sr. and William left to go watch it elsewhere. On March 2nd, 2008, after another argument between the Dotson brothers, 35-year-old Jesse Dotson pulled out his gun yet again and shot 30-year-old Cecil Dotson to death. Desperate not to return to jail, Jesse realized he had to get rid of any and all potential witnesses. So he turned his weapon on the three adults in the home, 27-year-old Marissa Williams, 22-year-old Shindri Robertson, and 33-year-old Hollis Seals, before taking out a knife and stabbing his own nephews to death. After beating and stabbing all five of Cecil's children, four-year-old Samario and two-year-old Cecil, too, succumbed to their injuries. Sure everyone was eliminated, Jessie jumped onto one of the children's bikes and rode away. The next day, unable to get a hold of her children, Erica Smith started to worry that something was wrong, and when her ex didn't arrive at work that Monday, she knew she needed to call the police. Almost 40 hours after the attack, the bodies were found and, much to the shock of many, three of Cecil and Erica's five children were still alive. They were nine-year-old Cecil CJ Jr., five-year-old Cedric, and two-month-old Sinaya. CJ, who was found lying in a bathtub with a knife protruding from his skull, and his brother Cedric both testified that, quote, Uncle Jesse was responsible for their family's murder. Jesse Dotson, who tried to stage the scene with drugs to make it look like a deal gone wrong, was no match for his surviving nephews. They were all rushed to the hospital and remarkably survived their injuries. Because police initially thought the murder was gang-related, only to be corrected by the children on March 7th, Jesse and the rest of his surviving family were placed in protective custody. So when it came time to question him about his brother's murder, Jesse was already technically in police custody. He was arrested and faced with the first-hand account of his crimes, Jesse admitted to murdering six people and told his mother the details, a crime he committed after just seven months of freedom and just 14 years after his first murder. Charged and brought to trial, the two young boys, CJ and Cedric, testified in front of a crowd and in front of the uncle who tried to kill them. CJ, who police credited as the person who solved the case, told the jury how he went to call the police and was attacked by his uncle. He fought for as long as he could and only stopped when his uncle stabbed him in the head with a kitchen knife, with paramedics testifying that they thought he was dead upon responding to the scene only to realize he wasn't when his body gave a slight twitch. Jesse's lawyers attempted to prove that there was a lack of evidence to convict and claimed that, with the Dotson's drug ties, it was impossible to say with 100% certainty that this wasn't a gang-related crime. In fact, they claimed that the only piece of DNA found at the scene belonged to a person of Asian descent. Jesse, his family, and all of the victims were black. When on the stand, Jesse recanted his earlier confession and claimed to be in one of the bedrooms when he heard the shooting. He hid under the bed for some time before fleeing past the bodies of his family members, believing all of them to be dead. He said he did not call the police because he feared he would be blamed because of his prior criminal record. The jury wasn't convinced and Jesse showed little emotion as he was convicted of all six counts of murder on October 11th, 2010 and the very next day was given six death penalties for his crimes. Jesse, unsurprised by their verdict, simply nodded and was escorted from the courtroom. He received an additional 120 years that November for beating and stabbing the three children who survived. While behind bars and awaiting his execution date, Jesse Dotson met and got engaged to a woman who wishes to remain unnamed. She bought a ring for herself, and the pair planned to get married while in prison. She thinks he is an innocent man. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again to hear what terrible thing happened on December 20th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there is always Patreon, or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay
1: safe. Have you made the switch to Nick's?